Blog Talk Radio. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States. Will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. So help me God. And welcome back to another episode of Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. If you are listening during the live broadcast, you can always uh, leave your uh, call, call me in at 914-803-4131. If you are also having a free blogtalkradio.com account. You can sign up for a, that free account and you can join us on the episode page at blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. You can uh, sign in, go to the bottom of, the, of this episode page and you'll be able to join us in the chat room and leave your comments, questions there if you don't feel like calling in. If you're watching on TikTok, uh, you can, uh, I'm currently ending my pre-show on TikTok. Uh, that I try to do at least a couple, a couple shows a month. I try to do a pre-show there as well. So if you're currently watching on TikTok and you want to get the full experience, come on over to blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan, and you'll be able to listen to both sides of the discussion if I, ever, if I do get a phone call today. Otherwise, you, know, you won't hear any of the commercials or any of the other bits that I play, like Hypocrite of the Week, Words of Redneck Wisdom, etc. Um, but if you're listening after the broadcast, you can always leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. on the show thread at liberaldan.com, facebook.com slash liberaldan, or at liberaldanradio on Twitter. There's also the Liberaldan Patreon that you can support the show with. Shouts out to Demonox, ex-Demonox, uh, host of The World According to Knox. Um, and also shouts out to Cesar, uh, my good friend out in California, uh, both supporters of the podcast. I appreciate y'all a lot. Uh, if you <clears throat> can't afford a monthly subscription, even though it's as low as three bucks, might get you a shout out as well, or will get you a shout out at least once. Um, if you can't do that, there's always a one-time shot over at uh, Buy Me a Coffee. Um, if you go to liberaldan.com, click on the Buy Me a Cider button, it'll bring you to my Buy Me a Coffee, allow you to make a one-time contribution to the show that way. And if you can't afford anything, I understand it's COVID-19, it's a pandemic, a lot of people are out of work, a lot of people have left left the workforce, so to speak. Uh, you can always just subscribe to all of my uh, online presence. Uh, YouTube is the most important one, youtube.com slash liberaldanradio or, liberal, or youtube.liberaldan.com. Either way, we'll get you there. Uh, Twitter, face Twitter, at liberaldanradio on Twitter, uh, liberaldanradio on TikTok, um, facebook.com slash liberaldan. 
as well. There is actually a Facebook.com slash Liberal Dan Radio as well, but I haven't been using that. I need to figure out how to utilize both in the best way possible. So there's all that. But first, I do like to start, start, start. I do like to start each show with this week's headlines. Former President Mike Pence signed a seven-figure book deal. No news on if he is writing it with mother or if it will come with crayons to color in the pictures. Michigan is one of five states that account for 43% of new COVID cases, despite those cases having only 22% of the population. Michigan had just pulled back its restrictions. The other states are New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and, of course, Florida. In other COVID-19 news, the Texas Rangers had their home opener with no social distancing restrictions and no enforced masking. Can we, can we say super spreader? I know we can. I am sure they will join the other five states soon. In other baseball news, Major League Baseball has moved this year's All-Star game from Atlanta to Denver because of Georgia's new voter disenfranchisement laws. Rumor has it that the GOP wants to start a new baseball team to compete with Major League Baseball. It will never work because the GOP will never leave their base. Coca-Cola and Delta have followed suit with criticisms of the new Georgia law. In related news, this week's hypocrite of the week is Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, who said that corporations should stay out of politics. In 2020 alone, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell's allied super PAC raked in $475 million from corporations and their CEO. If Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell wants to live by the sword, he should die by the same sword. To see who next week's Hypocrite of the Week will be, tune in to Liberal Day and Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. Today, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell did retract that statement. But the statement still stands as hypocritical, and he only retracted it because everyone jumped on him for being such a hypocrite. Also in related news, the lawmaker arrested for knocking on Governor Kemp's door, Representative Park Cannon, will not be prosecuted for her so-called crimes. Would that make the arrest a false arrest? Finally, more news in the Matt Gates scandal is coming forward, including the possibility that he met women from SeekingArrangements.com. Now, while Liberal Day Radio is pro-sex work, we are also pro-mocking of hypocrisy. And if it is deemed true that Gates did utilize the services of SeekingArrangements.com, uh, Matt Gates is likely going to be guaranteed to be Hypocrite of the Week that week. And that is the end of this week's headlines. Unfortunately, I think I did drop one of my of course i did i had a lot of stuff that was up there ready for the for this current episode of the of the podcast a lot of links that i was going to use and guess what happened to those links i deleted the entire thing anyway so that again that was this week's headlines uh, we have a lot that we're going to be talking about this week um from you know matt gates pizza gates whatever you want to call it uh whatever conspiracy theory that you might want to have that you want to just conveniently ignore for this politician alleged to, you know, Republicans would, would love to just make accusations. Oh, Hillary and, and, and Bill Clinton are involved in these pedophile sex rings and blah, 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 and attached to all these people, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know, but if it happens, but of course they saw Donald Trump hanging out with pedophiles and sex traffickers 
alleged, supposed, whatever. The guy's dead now. Who cares? Um, and they didn't say a word about that. That wasn't, that was, that, oh, that, they were just friends before Donald Trump realized how much of a scumbag he was. <laughs> but Matt Gates does it. And there's more that's unfolding about the Matt Gates. Matt Gates more unfolding. I think that was the name of the of the article that was looking at. <laughs> well, some people are calling it Watergate. Um, again, I'm not a huge fan. I think I did my podcast title last week was Watergate as well, and I'm not a fan of the. Um, I'm not a fan of doing it like Pizza Gate, Matt Gate, Watergate. You know, like Watergate was the name of the hotel. Adding Gate to the end of it. I, I talked about this last week. Adding Gate to the end of it just doesn't do anything. Like it, 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 Gate doesn't mean that it's a tragedy. Gate is just the end of of end of the, the word. <laughs> it's like my name is Daniel. So it's like if I did something crazy, like if somebody else did something similar, it would be like, you know, Brad L. Like, no, it's, it's stupid. Let's see. Matt Gates' trip to Bahamas is part of federal probe into sex trafficking. Mm-mm-mm. That's according to CBS News. Let's let's say federal investigators look into it. Bahamas trip Matt Gates took in allegedly in 2018 or 2019 as part of an inquiry as to whether or not he violated the sex trafficking laws. He was on a trip with a marijuana entrepreneur and hand surgeon named Jason Pelozo. Uh, investigators tried to determine if escorts were illegally trafficked across international lines for the purpose of sex with the congressman. Ooh. I mean, there's one thing, though. As I said last week on the show, and as I, I made a TikTok video about this as well, if Matt Gates. Matt Gates was trying to claim that he was being extorted for money based off of the investigation of sex trafficking that the FBI was doing into his actions. And again, if, if I was being investigated for a crime that I didn't do, and you were like, well, I have this information that you're being investigated, but I could make it go away for $25 million. Well, if I didn't do anything wrong, there's no need to make it go away, is there? I don't think so. I don't think there's a need to make it go away if if, if I didn't do anything wrong. So then why would he be worried about it? And how? furthermore, why would anybody who is somebody who's going to extort somebody, you know, why would they think, oh, well, that person, the case against that person is rather weak, so I'm going to extort him anyway. No, it doesn't make any sense. You'd only try to extort somebody to make charges go away if the charges were true, if there was a benefit to having those charges. Um, let's see. What alleged Bahamas flight Matt Gates took with former Orlando airport appointee. I uh, can't see it because there's a paywall. <laughs> CNN has like Matt Gates sure isn't acting like an innocent man. You can start playing uh, the, uh, oh, it's bringing a boy. Join us in the chat room. You too can join us in the chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash liberal Dan. Uh, if you would like to join the conversation with me and bringing a boy and anybody else who might be listening to the show. Um, I don't know if Demonox is sleeping. He's apparently slept through last week's show. 
Um, but he does like, apparently, when I do go three hours long, because he has a lot of commuting to do, so he can listen to the show on the commute, which I appreciate. Trust me. I love that people are able to listen to the show. Um, Demonox is also a big fan of my, uh, of, uh, of my parodies, especially the Will Fight Back. Let's see. According to Matt Gates, he is entirely innocent to the allegations. The words one thing, actions another. Matt Gates in the final days of the Trump administration suggests a man who is possibly worried about legal exposure. According to CNN, now the Trump, Donald Trump himself has denied this, but why do we believe Donald Trump? Uh, I don't know. Why would you? Uh, that there was, the, the rumor is, is that Matt Gates tried to secure a blanket preemptive pardon. Why would you try and seek a blanket preemptive pardon if you're not guilty of a crime? Now, look, I, I would even be so willing to say that I could understand, it, let's say Donald Trump legitimately did nothing wrong and his kids legitimately did nothing wrong. Let's say his kids did not, you know, legitimately had no problems. But if Donald Trump felt like the Democrats were really going to go after his kids for something that he didn't feel was a crime, but... You know, they, they, that there was really going to be a political witch hunt, real a real witch hunt uh, into them and their activities. I would maybe understand the idea there of a blanket preemptive pardon, be like, oh, I want to protect my children from overzealous prosecutors who are going to try and use my children to go after me. As such, I'm going to take away any leverage that they might have over them and say, look, I don't believe that they're guilty of a crime, but if just in case... They want to say that they are. We're going to do a blanket preemption or whatever, blanket pardon for all of my children to make sure that they are protected from any false allegations that might come against them that might be politically motivated. I'm not saying that that would happen. I'm just saying that I would understand that argument. It would make sense coming from Trump. It doesn't make sense. It wouldn't make sense for him to to necessarily, if somebody's approaching Trump and saying, look, I need a pardon because I'm concerned about what might be happening with this, you know, the sex trafficking or whatever. But Gates apparently found out about it only in March. I think March 16th was the date. But who knows when he knew? And who knows, maybe when he knew there was an investigation. We don't know that he might not have known that there was an investigation. Or maybe he did know that maybe somebody tipped him off that there was an investigation. In which case he was like, well, crap, I got to do something. But I don't know. If I'm not guilty of a crime, I'm not going to be seeking out a blanket preemptive pardon. So if it's true that Matt Gates sought out a blanket preemptive pardon, to me, that also doesn't pass the smell test. Matt Gates, who can, we will. <laughs> Let's read that after the break. It's about time for the first commercial break. So we're going to go ahead and take the first commercial break, and we'll come back, take your calls, do words of redneck wisdom, and get to bringing up boys' comments in the chat room. I'll be right back after a brief break from our sponsors. Liberal Dan Radio, talk from the left. That's right.
world gone mad. One progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. All right, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family, because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mmm, yeah. Greetings. This is Nimbus Yosh, host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life talking about all kinds of things, political things, nerdy things, fun things, not so fun things. Go ahead, give a listen. And follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear and no one else will. (laughs) Catch you on the tune. If you enjoy Liberal Dan Radio, there's many ways that you can support the show. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter or TikTok. And you can become a Liberal Dan Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get a shout-out. Higher levels get the opportunity to vote on what I do next on the podcast, the minicast, or on YouTube. You can even buy commercial advertising or sponsor bits. So go to patreon.liberaldan.com and support the show today. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out budgeteers.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But Budgeteers is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out Budgeteers.com or go to YouTube.com slash Budgeteers and help make your trip the best it can be. Budgeteers.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. Do you want to set money aside for a rainy day? Do you want to open an account that will give you a savings bonus each month? What if I told you that you can get both and have a chance to win $10 million? Yada is an FDIC-insured bank, and when you go to yada.liberaldan.com, open an account, and make your first deposit, you will get 100 entries into the next weekly drawing. You will also get entries each week you have a balance. So go to yada.liberaldan.com. That's Y-O-T-T-A dot LiberalDan dot com. Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Demonox, host of The World According to Knox. It's time for Season 2, where I take you on another trip through my world. The world of movies, video games, pop culture, and more. Relate them to the world around you. Don't forget to leave a question for Marscat, and find me on Twitter by the handle xdemonox. That's letter X like X-Men, D-E-M-I-N-O-X. Now enjoy the rest of your podcast.
And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's Eric Code 914-803-4131. Or, of course, you can join me in bringing a boy in the chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. Go to the episode page, sign in with your free blogtalkradio.com account, and join us in the chat. Um, before we get to words of redneck wisdom, um, I do want to bring up the other thing that I forgot about from Matt Gates, which was that uh, there was a rumor that uh, when he was serving in the Florida legislature, Matt Gates uh, made a game where he where representatives earned points for having sex with aides and interns and having sex with like congress like legislative aides, not having sex while infected with HIV. Be clear about that. But having sex with uh, aides, interns, and married colleagues. So this is the contest that you would have. And uh, if you are in somebody's intern and they try and have sex with you, that is bending the lines of consent, if not completely destroying the lines of consent. Because if you are somebody superior, you have control and power, while the other person might feel that they are, you know. There's another, oh, there was another thing, too. There was another, um, oh, there was, a, there was something that I saw where he, there was a bill that was up in Florida when he was in the legislature that was trying to ban revenge porn, like showing other people taking pictures of yourselves. And apparently Matt Gates was adamant against that. And he felt that if he had a naked picture of somebody that they had given to him, that that was a gift and that he should be able to use it whenever and however he wants. So He's a scumbag, if that's true. I mean, even if the other allegations are not true, if that's true, he is still a scumbag. Let's, let's look that up real quick just to make sure. Matt Gates revenge porn bill. Bring that up. Um, according to the, let's see, Matt Gates. Oh, this is a paywall. Um. But Florida legislators passed a bill aiming at preventing people from showing sexually explicit photos of their ex-partners online. Then state representative Matt Gates cast one of just two House votes against it. So yeah, he voted against a revenge porn bill. And he voted against a sex trafficking bill. And, you know, Gates to take is Gates to take the place of Al Franken? No, Al Franken made an inappropriate gesture at somebody when he was not a congressperson or legislator, and he was forced out by his own party. Doesn't look like the GOP is trying to force out Matt Gates. I think Matt Gates's uh, stances might make him popular in his district. Who knows? But anyway, before we go on and talk about the next subject that you brought up, bringing a boy, because it is open lines, I guess you should say open chat rooms as well. We can talk about anything you want, but I was planning on talking about the Derek Chauvin murder case. Let's go ahead and first play. And now, words of redneck wisdom brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. There are people I meet daily in and out uh, in my uh, business. Uh, it amazes me how they, uh, when they speak with me, majority of them uh, 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 believe that uh, uh, that uh, the shot is going to resolve everything. And, and it's sad that, that, that that's the mindset that they 
be taken from the news media, which is far from 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 the truth, because I I present to them that uh, have they resolved the the flu issue? Have they resolved the uh, pneumonia issue? Have they resolved all these uh, infections? Which that's all it is. Your body gets. No, they have not. It's going to be around. They think all of a sudden it's just going to disappear. Yeah, and that's uh, that's so sad that. Uh, you have people that are being uh, buffooned. And this concludes Words of Redneck Wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Den Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. I don't know if you caught it in this one. I originally was going to use it just because this one guy on this talk show that I listen to occasionally, oof, I'm, I'm actually a little concerned about him because He's he's very much he he very much I think he claims that I think he said on a show previously that he was an addict he was doing bad things and he found religion and it helped him straighten his path and look if you found if you find religion and it helps you straighten your path out it helps you become a better person I'm not mad at you for it good for you whatever works for you works now if you start wanting to try and force others to follow the path that you're following then we have problems. But if he was able to use religion to straighten his path and, and to set things right, good. But hearing his voice here and then hearing his voice other times when he's called into the show, I'm concerned that maybe his path is not so straightened anymore in that he could be back on a wagon of some sort. I don't know. It's just, just what, I, what it sounds like. But, but the thing that got me and thing that convinced me to use this clip uh, for Words of Redneck Wisdom was the fact that he made the comment that people just believe that this i.e. COVID virus will just disappear. And that's like buffoonery or whatever. It's buffoonery to believe that this virus is going to disappear. Hmm. Who said that the virus was just going to disappear? Who said that? Who is the one that said that the COVID-19 virus was just going to disappear? You know, it's called science. Oh, that's right. It was Donald Trump. So now this guy, Zach from Pearl River, he believes that it's buffoonery to believe that the virus is just going to go away, even though his hero, Donald Trump, said that the virus was just going to disappear like a miracle. It is what it is. Thank you, Donald, for, for your helping. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's why, you know, and nobody's saying that the, vaccine, the virus is going to completely go away just because of the shot. But if enough people get the, get the shot, the vaccine, the, the, the vaccine will then slow the spread of the virus, which makes it easier to handle, easier to deal with. It makes it much less likely that people are going to die from the virus, which is what, something that you want to do. You want to make sure it's less likely that people are going to die from the virus. I think there will be a national holiday that the COVID that the COVID hoax is what it is. What? I don't understand what that says. Do you think that there will be a national holiday that the COVID hoax is what it is a hoax? Uh, I don't like. Uh, you, do I? Am, are you asking me, bringing a boy, if I believe that there's going to be a holiday over a hoax or a holiday celebrating the hoax? Or I don't. I don't. I don't get what that says. Um. Same thing. Anyway, um, it's almost that. We'll, we'll take a break at like 20 minutes till, I guess, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about show. I don't understand what that means. It doesn't make sense to me. 
No, I don't think they're going to make a national holiday over a hoax. Um, I don't know if they're make, even going to make a national holiday over the fact to, to mourn the loss of, you know, what probably will be at least 600,000 dead by the time the summer is over with, if not more. Um, we're at 560,000 already. Uh, I, I'm sure there might be some sort of, there have been already some moments of silence and prayer or whatever that has been led by leaders over the people in this country that have passed away from COVID. It's not a hoax. Not a hoax whatsoever. But anyway, so rolling it back, circling back to uh, bringing a boy's second comment in the chat. Uh, who cares about Matt Gates? How about Derek Michael Chauvin being not guilty? <laughs> Evidence shows the knee on the back, not the neck. Boy, don't you feel duped. No, I do not feel duped because you should feel duped. Why should you feel duped? Uh, because you saw one clip from one angle from the defense showing that at one point in time that the knee was on the back or between the shoulders and was not on the neck. And if you've watched the, if you watch the case, I, 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 I haven't watched the entirety of the case. I just started a new job the other day. So I have had to focus on that. I've had to do other things that have made it so that I can't watch the entirety of the job or entirety of the case as it goes on. But I have watched some. And part of what I did watch is that the, the, the examination and cross-examination of the chief of police and the defense when they were cross-examining cross -examining the chief of police showed this one video from the camera of one of the other officers involved in the murder of George Floyd, uh, showing that at that one moment in time, like Whitney sings, one moment in time. Anyway, that one moment in time, there was, there was a shot that had the knee between the shoulders as they were getting ready to roll him over, as I think the EMS was just rolling up to get there. Like some article said that, that you know, here's, here's, you know, Derek Chauvin's knee never left George Floyd's neck. I mean, if you're going to take that as being like a 100% truthful statement that, you know, he did, that means that his knee would still be on his neck. So no, but Derek Chauvin you know, the, the, when the prosecution came back around and re-questioned the chief of police after the defense was trying to make the point, see, look, defense, look, here's one picture, moment in time, where the knee was between the shoulders. So, and you'll admit that the knee was between the shoulders in this one moment of time. And the guy was like, yes, I, I admit that at, the, at this point in time, it was the knee was between the shoulders. So then the prosecution came back. And said, so we're seeing this picture, and, and, and at this one point in time, the knee was between the shoulders. But where was the knee the rest of the time? And, and the, the chief of police was like, the rest of the time, the knee was on his neck. So no, I don't feel duped. No, I, the, the, the knee was not always on, on the back and not on the neck. The knee was on his neck for the vast majority of the nine minutes and 30-something, 40-something seconds. The, the, media, the media says it was on the neck. <laughs> they got a culture all up in arms and cities burned down. It's not the media that says 
that Derek Chauvin had his knee on the neck. You can see it. I mean, you, all you have to do is watch the video. Clear as day. His knee is on his neck for nine minutes and 40-something seconds. And, like, the prosecution or the defense, I'm sorry, is trying to make the point of, oh, well, he took drugs and he was on drugs and he had this other problem. He, it, 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 it's not surprising that conservatives are latching on to George Floyd had all these other problems. So, therefore, it's not murder. Because the same people, or I should say, you have a set of all people who say that it's not murder because George Floyd had drugs in his system or had a heart problem or <coughs> had some other health issues. So it's not murder. And then there's a set of all people that say the COVID numbers are fake because a lot of the people who died of COVID have comorbidities. Well, the intersection of those two stats is very big. Because I'm sure most of the people that say one say the other because they just can't grasp in their heads that like if somebody like let's another point I bring up in this thing is like somebody who gets HIV. A lot of the people who catch HIV and when they die, they like a lot of the deaths, I don't know if it's most or more or whatever, but there's a significant number of deaths for people who have HIV when they die of pneumonia. So are you going to say, well, he didn't die of, he didn't die of AIDS. He didn't die of HIV, have HIV, an effect of HIV. He died of pneumonia. But he got the pneumonia because he had HIV. That's the thing. Whether or not those other health issues that these people have who die after getting infected with COVID, you know, whatever those, those other comorbidities, however much they aided the death, it's still, if they wouldn't have gotten COVID, those issues might have been well managed and they might have lived 10, 20, 30 years more. So it's correct to then say that the COVID killed them, even if they had other conditions that they were dealing with. So even if George Floyd had a, a drug in his system, even if George Floyd had previously done drugs, even if George Floyd had some other health condition, had Derek Chauvin's knee not been on George Floyd's neck for nine minutes or whatever many seconds it was, had that been the case, then guess what? Guess what? He would have died. There's no evidence to show that George Floyd would have died that day except for the fact that he had somebody's knee on his neck for nine hours and what, 42 seconds or whatever. That's why it's ridiculous. That's why all these other things are not are non sequiturs. Don't lean on the person's neck for nine hours and 42 seconds or nine hours. I'm sorry. Nine hours is wrong. Nine minutes and 42 seconds. Is it 29 seconds? Nine minutes and 29 seconds. So it's nine minutes, let's see. Former officer knelt on George Floyd for nine minutes and 29 seconds. That's, that's the amount of time. 
at some point, you know, maybe because as the defense brought up in the case, that police officers are allowed to improvise. Police officers are allowed to improvise with force in order to in order to uh, restrain or detain an individual. So maybe one minute on his neck would have been justified, would have been enough. Maybe two would have been enough to subdue. But there was some point where he was required, as, as, the, as the testimony has been given, that he would have been required to have given aid Whatever medical training they have, he would have been required to have given it to help to resuscitate him or to just stop killing him. It's ridiculous. Let's see. It's not a conservative thing, Dan. That's a cop out there. That's a cop out what other people think. I, I, I mean, it is a conservative thing because I have not seen one person who is a liberal who has said, you know what? Derek Chauvin was right. I haven't seen one liberal person say that. I've not seen anybody on the left, anybody left the center. I don't know if I've, if I've even seen any moderates go, you know what? Derek Chauvin was justified in what he was doing. It was reasonable actions made by a police officer in the heat of the moment. I've never seen a liberal say that. That's only come out of the mouths of conservatives. If you have an example of a liberal who has said that, I will gladly read the link. I don't be like, oh, Alan Dershowitz said it, because Alan Dershowitz is conservative. Blame it on the ambulance. No, no, don't blame it on the bringing voices. Blaming on the ambulance not getting there in time. No. If somebody dies from the actions of another person, the ambulance driver is not to blame for the murder. <laughs> if I walk up, if, if somebody walks up to me and shoots me, and the ambulance gets caught in traffic. It's not the ambulance's fault. It's not the traffic's fault. It's the person who shot me. Somebody kills me because they were on my neck for nine minutes and twenty nine minutes and twenty nine seconds, and I am not able not able to be resuscitated because the ambulance took too long. It's the person who put me in the condition to cause me to not be able to be resuscitated. That's responsible for my death, and not the. The ambulance or the drivers. Anyway, let's go ahead and take our final commercial break. We'll come back, talk about this issue, and of course other issues as you wish. Uh, if you have any other issues you want to talk about, bringing a boy, feel free to throw them in the chat room, and I'll get some data up where we can talk about it as well. Nine one four eight zero three forty one thirty one. That's nine one four eight zero three forty one thirty one. This is Liberal Day Radio. Talk to left. Progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Alright, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. 
You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the liberal band family, because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mmm, yeah. Greetings. This is Nimbus Josh, host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> Well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life talking about all kinds of things, political things, nerdy things, fun things, not so fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear and no one else will. (laughs) Catch you on the tune. If you enjoy Liberal Dan Radio, there's many ways that you can support the show. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter or TikTok. And you can become a Liberal Dan Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get a shout-out. Higher levels get the opportunity to vote on what I do next on the podcast, the minicast, or on YouTube. You can even buy commercial advertising or sponsor bits. So go to patreon.liberaldan.com and support the show today. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But BudgetEars is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. Do you want to set money aside for a rainy day? Do you want to open an account that will give you a savings bonus each month? What if I told you that you can get both and have a chance to win $10 million? Yada is an FDIC-insured bank, and when you go to yada.liberaldan.com, Open an account and make your first deposit. You will get 100 entries into the next weekly drawing. You will also get entries each week you have a balance. So go to yada.liberaldan.com. That's Y-O-T-T-A dot liberaldan.com. Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Demonox, host of The World According to Knox. It's time for Season 2 where I take you on another trip through my world. The world of movies, video games, pop culture, and more. Relate them to the world around you. Don't forget to leave a question for Marscat and find me on Twitter by the handle xdemonox. Letter X like X-Men, D-E-M-I-N-O-X. Now enjoy the rest of your podcast. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman from New Orleans, Louisiana. Again, to join the conversation, we got that's 914-803-4131. We do have a caller on the hold. Um, I do want to do one quick shout-out, and then we'll play the Just Money Minute, and then we'll go to the caller. 
Uh, and again, shout out to my little brother, the host of the most, Nimbus Yosh with the Percy Podcast, who is still uh, recovering, not feeling 100%. Uh, he was hospitalized for the COVID. He caught the Rona, and he uh, he's still not feeling, even though he's out of the hospital, he's still not feeling up to doing a podcast at this point. Um, I, I don't know if he still has the oxygen, oxygen machine at home or not, but again, you know, Hope the uh, the next podcast of next episode of the Percy podcast can come out soon because that'll mean he'll feel better and you'll have more quality podcasts to listen to. Till then, I guess I'll have to hold down the fort. We were going to do something special a couple days ago or last week, uh, last Thursday to be specific, but maybe we'll hold that off for last year. You can do the math and figure out what that might have been. Anyway, let's listen to the Just Money Minute and then we'll come back and finish off the show, talk to the caller, etc. This is Amber Petrovich, a.k.a. Just Money, talking investing in the Just Money Minute. Let's talk about dividends, specifically the ex-dividend date. Now, a company will declare an upcoming dividend and with it, the ex-dividend date. The ex-date is important because it determines when you can buy or sell that stock and still receive the dividend. If you're selling that stock and want that last dividend, you should sell on or after the ex-date. If you're buying the stock and you want the dividend, you'll need to buy before the ex-date. But here's the kicker. A stock price will typically rise leading up to its X date because, of course, buyers are taking advantage of that upcoming date. And on the X date itself, the stock price will decrease to reflect the dividend payout that will happen in about a month. So beyond just buying and selling to take advantage, you could explore some options around it. Buy a call and sell it before the X date or buy a put that you'll close on the X date itself. And remember, always reinvest your dividends to take advantage of compounding. This has been the Just Money Minute. Build wealth, fight the wealth gap. And again, thank you, Amber, for the Just Money Minute. You can find her at just underscore money one on TikTok and other places to be found soon. She is also on Twitter at Amber Rose on Twitter. Again, Liberal Dan Radio is not an investment show, or nor am I a uh, analyst or any sort of expert on investing. You should always consult with your own financial advisor to make sure that the investing choices you make are right for you. And we will go to the calls out to, I believe, California. Uh, if, if I searched up that area code correctly, welcome to the show. Hello, caller. Hello. Hello. Hey, welcome. I guess hey. welcome back to the show, right? yes yes i recognize the number but yes how are you have you been okay not too bad how about yourself you got a new job congratulations yes i did i am now working instead of being an independent contractor i am now full-time uh doing software development and so it should be good day number two was today so um but it it looks like it's going to be a good place with a good corporate culture so hopefully uh, my my uh, my beliefs will be correct, and they'll and and that will continue to be the case long into the future. So, uh, bringing boy asked in the chat, this is not your job. Uh, no, I, I would love it to be my job. Uh, I don't make enough advertising revenue at the moment. I don't have enough Patreon to to make this my job. But if you do want to support the show, feel free to support the Patreon. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I think if you hang in there, you'll do all right. As far as with the show, you'll be able to to leave that job and do what you like to do. I'm, oh, I think you're that well, well, thank you so much. I do appreciate that. I wish, wish more people, I just, I, I need to find the way to have lightning hit somehow, like to be able to have like, you know, maybe the big TikTok video or the big YouTube video that goes viral. 
uh, that that brings more attention to me. Or, or you know, I'm only sitting at like 103 subscribers on YouTube, so it's I don't know. I haven't quite figured that part of the social media out, out, outlet yet, and I don't have. It's like I need to have more revenue to be able to advertise the show more, but then I I, I can't get more revenue if I don't have more listeners. If I have more listeners, if I don't advertise, it's like a, it's like a crazy catch twenty two. Ah. Well, you never know. Maybe on your way to work, something will something will come up, and you'll have your phone to videotape, and it will go viral. I don't, actually, I get to work from home. That's the other thing. I get to do 100% of my work remotely, even though it's in the same city. Uh, so they're, they they take COVID very seriously as well. So I'm like, I'm loving that I get to work in my pajama pants. <laughs> <laughs> Be comfortable while at work. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Well, the, only, the one thing that happened, and this is a funny thing. The one thing that happened was, yeah, I broke a streak yesterday uh, because I was doing independent contracting for another client when I was doing when I was being an, uh, self-employed. Um, and once we started working from home for that one, where I could do the work all remotely for that job, until yesterday, basically over a year, I had not worn socks in over a year. Every time I go out, I was like wearing sandals or Crocs or something. So I had to break my uh-huh. streak of of not wearing socks of, for over a year. So we're, we're now on day one of sockless again. <laughs> <laughs> well, change is always good <laughs> yeah. in some some form or another. Yeah. Um, I wanted to mention, um, uh, do, have you seen the other video, I mean, from prior to um, George Floyd being on the ground? So the video of the struggle in the backseat, or the video from a previous yeah. inter- interaction with the cops? Um, no, from the back seat. Yeah, I, I have seen several, I think, views of the, if I'm correct, I've seen several videos of the struggle from the back seat. And look, I, I understand that you have to use force to, to get somebody who is resisting arrest to, mm-hmm. to, to, to get them restrained. And, that, and, that's, and that's fine. I mean, I'm not happy that any force has to be used. Um, if, if we're going to go for a more general what's wrong with policing today uh, argument from, from, from the left, we would say that police have done so much to cause mistrust in the black community that when somebody is somebody's going to have that fight or flight response where they either want to try and run away or they're going to try and fight because they don't feel that they're going to survive uh, this next upcoming thing. Uh, and I've talked to many folks who are black who do believe that. On the other side of the coin, I do understand that, again, if, if somebody is legitimately needing to be restrained so they can be arrested, um, I am well, not sure. A- okay, go ahead. During go ahead. Go ahead. In the back seat, or prior to being put in the back seat there, they had arrested him. He wasn't resisting at that point. You know, they he turned around, they had handcuffed him, then they were going to put him in the back seat, and that's when he started to panic, saying that he couldn't breathe, saying that um, his mother had died, you know, anything that he was saying was basically a lie to try and get out of being put into the car um, at that point. And, and he may be not being able to breathe, um, and that's why, you know, they're saying as far as the amount of um, fentanyl that was in his system um, could cause that when you have about three times the amount and then you have, you know, a panic episode because you're about to be arrested, you know, that panic mode as far as what's going to happen to me. And you start hyperventilating, you know, you get yourself worked up. And then the heart starts.
starts to be overexerted. And, and so by the time, I mean, they tried to accommodate him. They said, you know, as far as we'll roll down the windows, we'll turn on the air conditioner, um, you know, because he was not, he was hot, he was, couldn't breathe. And so they were working to try and accommodate him. And so as far as trying to, you know, call it flat out murder because of his race, I think is a bit of a stretch considering they were working with him. And because of the um, hyperventilating and, and getting worked up, they were waiting for the ambulance. That's, you know, they got, he was the one that asked to be put on the ground. And while Chauvin was just implementing a tactic, a police tactic, I don't agree with. That's the question. That's what I was there was a point, like all of that happens, like all of that, you know, you know, whatever struggle happened in the backseat, whatever, whatever frustration, whatever, whatever he did, he then was, he was then went to the ground. And then at, from that point on, for nine minutes and 29 seconds, Chauvin had his knee on the neck. And at, at any point during that nine minutes and 29 seconds, before the nine minutes and 29 seconds were finished, Chauvin could have removed the knee from the neck. Like there was, there was, there was a point where there was no clear struggle going on, and where there, where, where it was, where people were saying, "Take his pulse, take his pulse, take his pulse," because the people outside the situation were like, "Look, he's not moving." And at that point, he was, according to the testimony of the police chief of, of the training that they received, that that Chauvin would have been responsible for doing some sort of resuscitating of him once he lost consciousness. Sure. So the thing is that at, at, so, so the, 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 his choice, it was a choice that Chauvin made to continue to be on the neck for nine minutes and 29 seconds. And that's why he's being charged with that because he made that choice. And well, here, as far as where his knee was at, if his knee, as the camera angle showed that it was on the back of his neck back area, now, if it was directly on his neck, then Chauvin wouldn't, I mean, not Chauvin, Floyd wouldn't have been able to move his head up and, you know, from side to side, you know, and talking the way he was. Because if you're, if you've got a knee on your neck, you're, you're not moving your head. It's just smashed down on the pavement. And he was actually moving his head from side to side and, and talking. Um, and so that's, you know, as far as the camera angle saying, well, it, that's when he moved his knee back to his back area behind the neck area well, that was, that was at the was, very end when that happened i think they were, they were right. rolling that, that, was that towards the end and he was or i think when he put when the, when the knee moves i could be wrong and you can correct me if I'm wrong but at the point where the knee moved from the neck to the, to the, the between the shoulder blade area at that point i think he was already dead he, might, he wasn't pronounced dead but i think it was it's, it's pretty safe to assume that at that point he was already dead but how would he have been able to move his his head back and forth, up, lifted up off the payment, if the, if the knee was directly with the pressure that... Um, I mean, being... I don't, I don't know. If, I, if I'm somebody on my... I mean, I, I haven't tried this position out myself, but I, I can, you know, I would tend to believe that it, it's it's not a... It's not a... I'm not a... I'm Think not, about I'm not it. A... If the knee is on the back of your neck, and the way Chauvin was kneeling down on him, you know, with his hand in his pocket, all casual... Basically, it showed that his full weight was applied. You know, right. he wasn't being supported by anything. And so if you have a knee, a knee, the knee bone, cartilage, all that, 
not, you know, the shin or any other part, but the knee on your neck with that full pressure, you're not going to be able to lift your neck off the payment and move it around. But I think, somebody, no I think somebody said that even if, even if the knee wasn't 100% on, on the part of the neck that would stop the head from moving, if, I don't even know if that's true. I mean, I'm not going to say that. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily believe that theory that, 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 that knee on neck means head can't move. Um, I don't necessarily accept that. But I, mean, I think somebody even said, like, there was some expert. I don't know if it was, it was an expert who was giving testimony or if it was an expert describing the testimony that said, even if, like, you know, the, neck, the knee wasn't, wasn't, like, 100% directly on the, on the neck, cutting off everything, but if it was cutting off, like, 90% of the oxygen instead of 100% of oxygen, at some point that also would have killed somebody because you're not getting enough oxygen to survive. So you're eventually go, it's eventually going to cut off your circulation, cut off your oxygen, and then make you die after too long of a time, which is probably sure, I mean, the fact, that he, the fact that, he was, that he was saying things and talking shows that, okay, first of all, that the airway wasn't 100% constricted, you know, fine. The airway wasn't 100% constricted. And so maybe it wasn't, maybe the, the blood flow wasn't 100% stopped, which is probably why it took more than like two minutes for him to pass. But at some point it passed. So that's the thing is like, you know, what, so if you don't believe that Chauvin is guilty of murder, is there a crime that you believe that he should be found guilty of if it's not murder? Well, I believe that the act of, you know, restrainment, I don't know what you want to call it, um, the things that he was taught to do along with the other officers, I think it contributed to George Floyd's death. But I don't think it was the primary reason for George Floyd's death. Again, because of the amount of... You're, you're you're a little muffled. I don't know. I don't know if you're covering the head the headset or something. You're a little muffled. Oh, no. No okay, that's oh, better. How's this better? Okay, uh, because yeah, of the better. amount, you know, and you and you and you say conservatives say this about the drugs, but there is something to be said about three times the amount in your system, and because that can accelerate, you know, as far as a the a heart, um, you call it, um, can't think. It, it can accelerate the heart rate. And so all of that was a contributing factor um, in addition to the officer's actions. So you could almost say, which, and I don't mean to sound cold-hearted, but if we're just looking at the facts, you could almost say that if George Floyd hadn't got himself arrested, then, you know, he may have gone home and died in his bed. He may have lived another day, but the, the amount of drugs eventually would have killed him. And, but I'm not saying that it's right what happened. I'm just saying as far as the facts go, it was a contributing factor, but it wasn't the primary reason. And murder has to have intent behind it. And because of the fact that the officers were trying to assist him in helping, you know, with the windows, with the air conditioning, with working with him, you know, to accommodate, um, he was on the ground again because of his request. Now, how they did it when they put him on the ground, you know, again, is a police procedure that was taught. And so you know, as far as saying murder, there wasn't an intent there. Um, because of whatever reason, because he was black, because he's, you know, of his past or whatever else, there's no intent. Um, if they hadn't assisted him in the manner that they tried before accommodating his request to be put on the ground, 
then you could say, yes, you know, they, they just threw him on the ground. They put their knee on his neck or back and they just wanted to end him. They were pissed off, whatever, but there was no intent. So it can't be murder. Right. Maybe so, manslaughter thing. Okay, but, but let's, um, let's say, for, so let's, so, so let's say, for example, a police officer shot a suspect or shot somebody who he thought was a suspect and the shooting turned out to be a not a good shooting. Like, like it was deemed to be not a, a not viable use of force, like not, not a use of force that is, that is acceptable under training. And let's say that person happens to be a hemophiliac. So, i.e., their blood doesn't clot. They, they, they bleed out much more easily. All right, mm-hmm. so let's put those two things together. Now, clearly you don't choose to be hemophiliac. You, you choose to take drugs. So a- analogies are not often perfect, um, but I think this one serves my, po- my point. Should the police officer in that situation um, have should, – should, should the fact that the person is hemophilia, has hemophilia play any part in determining the guilt in those actions? Well, how would the officer know if they were a hemophiliac? Did the officer know that, there, that, that George Floyd had drugs in the system? Like they, When they were talking to him and his behavior was erratic at the time that they were trying to accommodate him, there, there, are many reasons. There, are many, there are many reasons for erratic behavior. Um, but the, my point is, is that the, if, if, if you shoot somebody, like you, shouldn't get to, you shouldn't get to have a lesser crime because of the existing medical conditions that that person – should. No, but your, not your, murder because your, there was no intent. They didn't intend to kill him. As, as a matter my, of how could they intend to kill him if they had accommodated his request to be put on the ground? I think in, in, in many places that you can still get murder if, if it's it's not murder one. He's not being charged with murder one. Am I correct? Isn't it murder two? What's the official? Two. Murder two. two. So you, you, with murder one, and some places some states don't even have murder one, murder two. So it, it, it's different amongst the states. Um, so it's hard to talk about. You know, I'm not a lawyer in any state, uh, let alone, you know, the one that this case is taking place in, in, in Minnesota. Um, so, you know, a lot of places you can get charged with murder if you commit an act that kills somebody while doing something else that is like a felonious or some other, some, some other action can elevate that action up to a murder. If, even if you didn't specifically intend to hurt, to, to kill somebody, if you were specifically intending to do something else that was that was felonious, that can still trigger a murder charge. If I'm correct, and, I, and I'm pretty sure that I'm correct, sure. but a, anybody lawyer can come yeah. in and say you're wrong, Dan. There is no case. There's there's no case where where committing a bad action that causes a murder, that causes somebody to die, can ever be a murder. If somebody would have come in and say that, and uh, that I'll, that's fine, I'll, I would accept that. But I, I'm believing that I'm correct in stating that you can have, you can, you could still yeah. be charged with murder in many places without specifically wanting, desiring to murder the person. Like the 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 depraved mind, if you will, as the word that's been sort of thrown around a lot during during this case, or uh, that causes the actions that you took um, at some point. Which I think the argument is in this case that, you know. At, he was uh, the fact that he was on his neck so long, and he chose to stay there on his knee on his neck for so long, that that's what triggers 
that. So, I mean, we could pull it up real quick. If you want to make another point, I can try and pull it. Well, no, that makes sense. I mean, as far as um, maybe, um, I mean, that's where the manslaughter comes in, or in some states it, it is considered murder, unintentional murder, um, which would be a lesser charge than actual murder, and that's, again, you know, it wasn't intentional. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's a slippery slope in the sense that he did what he was trained to do. So should the police department be at fault for training police officers to, um, to inflict that type of, uh, you know, aggression, that type of violence in restricting someone? Because, again, he, since he has to be put on the ground, he wasn't running. So was mm-hmm. it necessary for, for them to restrain him the way they did? Um, I'm sure he could have been restrained in many other ways. Um, Here's the description of the charges that Chauvin has. The first one is second degree unintentional murder. Uh, That's the most Uh serious charge according to Newsweek. Um, um, Let's see. Up to 40 years, Minnesota guidelines state that it would be between 10 years, uh, 10 years and nine months to 50. So basically 16 now, 11 to 15 years would be the recommended case. Um, in order to gain a guilty conviction, Minnesota legislators state prosecutors must prove Chauvin caused Floyd's death without intent to affect the death of any person while committing or attempting a felony offense other than criminal sexual conduct in the first degree or for violence in the drive-by shooting. So, so he doesn't have to intend to murder, to, to kill him, but have, again, that's what I, what I, as I was saying, uh, you, you can be committing another felony offense that causes a death or causes the death of a human being without intent to affect the death of the person while intentionally inflicting or attempting to inflict bodily harm on the victim when the perpetrator is restrained under an order of protection or the victim is the person designation to receive protection under the order. So that, but he didn't that, intend that, to, to commit harm if he was doing his job. Unless when they're trained, they're told this is what you do in order to commit harm. Well, and, but according purpose. to the police chief, that, that, that's not what he was trained to do. He, was, he would have been trained at some point. At some point, the pressure on the neck surpassed what they were trained to do. So you also, you have, they also have third-degree murder, um, which is uh, buh, 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 the charge of third-degree murder, in addition to manslaughter, reflects the gravity of the allegations. Of, let's see, blah, 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 blah. Whoever, without intent to affect the death of any person, causes the death of another by perpetuating, perpetuating an act eminently dangerous to others and evidencing a depraved mind without regard for human life. So that's the, where the depraved mind comes in. So you don't, have to, you don't have to have the desire to kill the person, but you're taking an action um, that's dangerous to another, i.e. knee on the neck, um, without regard for his life. And there's that. And then you also have secondary manslaughter, um, which, which just requires culpable negligence whereby the person creates unreasonable risk um, and consciously takes the chances of causing death or harm to another. So that, that's as this article at least explains it. So, which is, it's good in my mind that they both, they, they gave him the charges. They are, they're allowing the jury to consider any of those three um, because mm-hmm. oftentimes I find that sometimes prosecutors can be overzealous in what they charge and then, mm-hmm. and then try and swing for the fences, to use the baseball metaphor, mm-hmm. and then strike out yeah. because they didn't, because they were, they saw this nice, big, juicy looking 
hanging curveball over there that cuts in at the last second and they strike out. So, right, right. so the fact that the fact that the jury has the options to cho- option to choose between manslaughter, secondary manslaughter, third degree murder, or secondary unintentional murder is a good thing in my mind because if in order if in the minds of the jury they can't agree on second degree unintentional murder, they could still potentially find that his actions were still felonious of, of some sort. But the, at least the description in what Newsweek says does seem to back up my explanation, my, my belief that you don't need to have the intent to kill somebody to still be charged with murder. Specifically with the third murder, murder um, you, you don't even necessarily have to have the intent to do the harm. You just are doing the harm without um, regard uh, to, to the without regard for the human life with the actions that you're taking. And, and that's probably one of the arguments that the prosecution is going to make is that that Mr. Chauvin had no regard for his life by resting on his neck with his knee with the full weight of his body for nine minutes and 29 seconds. So hold on. I, I, I completely ignored bringing a boy there as we were talking. I mean, I hope you can excuse me bringing a boy for doing that. Um, we were having such a good conversation. So, um, that's the other thing. It's like that store apparently has received a lot of some a lot of counterfeit bills. I guess the 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 owner went under his register and showed a stack of counterfeit twenties that they'd received. That of course the business has to eat um, as their uh, when whenever they accept it because they can't get compensated for it. Um, but is a fake twenty enough? For the actions that was taken, I I, I, I can't. I, I mean, the, the the clerk who who ultimately called the cops was like, I I feel guilty. He feels guilty for calling the cops over a twenty simply because, well, now this, this is what happened. Now I'm not going to blame the clerk for calling the cops, um, but I think it'd probably be highly unlikely for a for a uh, for people to now want to call the cops on people because then now they're going to be afraid that what if I call the cops on this person trying to pass me this 20 and then all of a sudden like that person ends up dead over $20 bill or fake $20 bill. Now, like, and, and, and like, let's say you or I go into a store and let's say, I don't know, I, I'm not an expert at checking bills to see, I don't check all the money that I get, you know, to say to make sure it's not real or fake or not. So if, if I happen to get 20 bucks from somebody else, unbeknownst to me and then all of a sudden I pass I give that 20 bucks to the to a clerk and they're like oh this is a fake well I'm I'm guilty of a crime that I had no idea that I was committing so it's like you know and, and are we really going to be putting people's lives into, into into should we really be putting people's lives into danger because a 20 was passed even if we don't know that the intent was to pass a 20 or or that was fake or if they just if that was the 20 that he happened to have the situation, though, with George Floyd is different than if you or I or anybody else were to, unbeknownst to us, pass a, a you know, counterfeit $20 bill or how, whatever denomination at that point. It is the clerk's job to report it. And so when the police come on site, basically, you explain, hey, I didn't know it was, you know, counterfeit. I got it from the bank or from my buddy or whatever. And so you do what you got to do to get it worked out. 
But in George Floyd's case, there was resistance. There was um, he wanted to jump into his vehicle and take off, you know, and regardless of whether or not black people are afraid for their lives anytime they encounter a police officer, well, you know, the lifestyle that he led, eventually that would have put him in an encounter, you know, whether he got picked up for drugs or, you know, he was arrested for, you know, putting that lady at gunpoint, that pregnant lady. He didn't lead the greatest lifestyle. His choices led to his death. And that's the bottom line. As cold as that may sound, when you make bad choices in life, you get what you get. See, that that, that does sound pretty cold. Let's see. Buh, 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 buh. <laughs> trying to, trying to, uh, see. <sighs> let's see. Buh, buh, buh. I'm trying to find this other thing that you brought up. Buh, 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 buh. I mean, is there... I don't know. I, I, it's, to me, it's just somebody's past actions, unless you unless they're known, right? So um, unless unless those past actions are known to the individual to the officer who's responding, and and I, I don't believe that anybody has like said that Chauvin knew that this person's past actions were known. Um, he didn't have when, to. When, when, he didn't have to know. It was basically the choices but, but, that led to that encounter. So the officer. But, but, but that still should be that's irrelevant to the case, though. Like that, that's that's irrelevant that's to the discussion as to whether or not Mark uh, Chauvin used excessive force, as to whether or not he should be guilty of a crime, as to whether or not, you know, you know, if, if you know. If, they always say, you know, play stupid things win stupid prizes. So, you, you know, you, 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 if, if, if you live a certain lifestyle, you may risk your – you may increase your chances of death. That doesn't excuse somebody illegally killing you. Like, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of it like – it doesn't, but, but what the, what the choices led to that encounter – and if they wouldn't have led to that encounter, that specific one, it would have led eventually to uh, some other encounter where, you know, he ended up dead. Just because his past choices led him down a path, had he turned his life around and changed his choices that he was making in life and straightening up his act, you know, doing good in the community or whatever else, then those choices that he made would have never caught up with him, maybe. But eventually, bad choices do catch up. It's just, it's just life, you know. And, and and it's sad that his life was taken basically because of circumstances and and also contributing factors. Again, it, the contributing factor of, being the. But should any of those choices and, be relevant in the case? Well, no. But again, okay. that's what. Well, that's, that's to, kind of my point, though. That's kind of my point, though. Is that is that is that you know if if you. Let's, let's say there's an individual who's part of a gang and, and does the bad things that gangs are known to do, right? Yes, that, that, that person is increasing their risk to, of death by participating in, in, in violent behaviors. That being said, like, I don't, that, that's why I don't like it being discussed in, in, the, in, the, in the scope of, his, of, his, of the trial of the person who killed the person because... Unless you know, 
unless unless the person who was in like let's say a, a hypothetical gang member was involved in like a shootout because you know whatever yeah that that person has definitely contributed to to the actions that lead to that person's demise if he if he gets if he dies in a shootout you know if, if both are found to be responsible for escalating the point then that's a, that's a fine thing to bring up but in this case and that's one of the things that i that i that i was, I was really shocked, shocked to see that that they're allowing like a past arrest to be brought in because like if, if you're it doesn't prove that that chauvin acted in any way more reasonably because of some other interaction with the police officer so are, are there cases where like you can't bring up like that, that makes people a, a bad witness, let's say in a crime, in a criminal case. Sure, there are, there are probably examples where it's like if somebody lied about something happening X amount of times, and then the person, you know, is trying to say, well, this really happened this time, then you might look back and say, well, you lied about the same thing, like Boy Who Cried Wolf, the whole Boy Who Cried Wolf thing. Or although, unfortunately, there are too many people who believe, who tend to believe that the Boy Who Cried Wolf means that you should believe them the next time because what if they're telling the truth at some point? But that's a whole other story. Um, of the people who get the wrong lesson from the boy who cried wolf. But at the end of the day, we, to me, you have to prove, like if you're, if, if, if in this case, if, if you're the defense trying to, trying to paint the person as somebody who contributed to his own death, you should only be able to bring in, you should only be able to bring in things that are, are in the, in the trial that are that are relevant to the to the to the case at hand, and anything else should be irrelevant. So, like even to me, like even with even if the, you know if if you have if you have drugs in his system, whatever whatever the drugs, whatever the toxicology toxicology report says about the drugs that was in his, that were in his system, you know, whatever whatever whatever, the, whatever it says about that, had there, there's there's no evidence to say that George Floyd would have died right then and there. That situation, had he just been giving a summons to report to court for for passing a fake twenty and be left to go on his way, that if he would have just have said, you know, look, you know, but no, instead of being given a summons to come to court for passing a fake twenty, he got a knee on his neck for nine minutes and twenty nine seconds. So there's, I would have, you would have to show to me that you would like the defense would have to prove two things to me to, to to for me to believe out of drugs in the system was relevant. The defense would have to do one of two things. They would have to say, A, somebody else, they would have to have some expert that would say a person with no drugs in their system would still be alive today after nine minutes and 29 seconds of pressure from the leg, from the knee on the neck. Or they would have to come in and say, even without the knee on the neck, George Floyd would have died right then and there, and then and the knee on the neck had nothing to do with it. Like there was there was nothing about the knee on the neck that caused him to die. Like that's what you would need experts to say to show that to say that the drugs were responsible for his death, and therefore the knee had nothing to do with it. But because I don't think that evidence exists, I don't think that you have a situation where you're going to be able to say a person who had no drugs in his system would still be alive today after nine minutes and 29 seconds of pressure on their neck. Or if you'd be able to say that 
with with zero seconds of pressure on his neck that that person still would have died with that amount of fentanyl in the system or whatever. Um, I don't think that, that evidence exists. So that's why it, to me, it's not relevant because the actions, because the actions of Chauvin then ultimately caused the death, even if his system was weakened by past decisions or past or current conditions. Just like I would say that if somebody with hemophilia was shot by police and the shooting was not a justified shooting, that, you know, the, the ambulance didn't get there in time because he had hemophilia. Well, that's, that's not the fault of the, of the ambulance driver. That's not the fault of the person who has hemophilia. That's, it's the fault of the person for causing the blood to get lost in the first place. So, well, I look at it like this. At the point where they had initially cuffed him and were going to take him to the station, arrest him, they wanted to sit him in the back seat, and he didn't want to get into the vehicle. And so, again, accommodating him. Had he just sat in the vehicle and went down to the station, because since they were accommodating, they were being nice, they weren't aggressive with him or anything at that point. He should have sat down in the vehicle and went, but he didn't. He was agitated, you know, um, again, because he's tripping out because of the drugs. At that point, they could have actually just slammed him in there and said, too bad for you, we're going down to the station. But they didn't. He wanted to walk around because he needed to get air. He needed to get air. He was talking. He was walking. He was handcuffed, but he was walking. You know, they were close by him, but he was walking around. He said, I need to get down on the ground. I need to be put on the ground. So they put him on the ground at his request. So whether or not what happened afterwards, you know, is almost irrelevant because that training that they had that was put in place at that point to hold him down. But upon initial arrest, you know, everything that they could to accommodate him. I don't know of any very many officers that would accommodate you as far as if you're saying you're hot or this or that or you can't breathe. We'll roll down the window. You want us to turn on the air conditioner? You know, anything that they could to accommodate him, and he did not want to go into that vehicle, and he requested to be put on the ground. You know, it, it's, it's like, okay, so he should have sat and he should have went. A bad decision on his part, but he was tripping balls. There's no, there's no I mean, at that point, you, you have to look at this person. Are you mentally ill? Is he on something? We don't want to aggravate the situation, so we're not going to press him. We're just going to try and let him calm down. We called an ambulance. They're on their way. You know, and it's a very, very hectic, you know, traumatic situation because, you know, you've got not only witnesses or people all around, but you're trying to get this person um, calmed down to a reasonable degree to where you can transport them to, you know, the station, the jail, or wherever he's going. But they weren't aggressive with him initially, and so... He chose not to go into that vehicle. He chose to be put on the ground. Yes, maybe the um, – now, they're changing it in the court today, I heard. The prosecutor actually um, retract as far as um, take steps back on that neck. He called it the neck back um, versus just the neck where they were on that originally, pressing on that mm-hmm. neck, 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 neck. And so they're walking that back a little by calling it neck back now. Um, so I think are they're they realizing – Are they the neck back or are they the back of the neck? Um, the neck, neck back. Um, I'll have to play it in here again. Uh, I just brought it up, but there's no um, closed caption, so <laughs> uh-huh. I didn't want to play it too loud. But yeah. Um, anyway, so that that's where I'm coming from on that. Uh, you know, if they 
you know, if that previous episode didn't happen with him where they were trying to accommodate him, and even if he has to be put down on the ground, you know, the situation just escalated. There was just a, a lot of mitigating circumstances that contributed to his death. So, you know, it could be considered, you know, as far as um, unintentional murder. That's, you know, because he didn't mean to do it. But again, it wasn't solely on the officer. Um, it was um, a, a contributing factor, I think. But, it, but even so, even though, like, but, but everything that comes up to it, and, and, I, and I did let you have a good long time to speak about that. And without interruption, because I wanted to make sure you got your point out. Uh, and, Thank you. Yeah, you're um, but still, the point is, is that there, there's, I think what's going to trigger potentially even, even the unintentional murder too, is the fact that there was some point there in that nine minutes and 29 seconds where the knee was no longer necessary, or at least a break could have been given at that point to be like, Hey, are you going to give, are you going to stop resisting? We'll, we'll wait for the ambulance or whatever. If you're having medical distress or whatever, you know, but you know, we're going to take the knee off the neck if, 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 and, 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 and still restrain other parts of him. You can still, you know, have the, the hands restrained. You can still have pressure on other parts of his body that aren't going to constrict his breathing. And at that point, you know, you, you could, the situation could have changed, but he still kept the knee on there. And that's ultimately the thing that, that I believe should be the problem that the defense is going to have in fighting this because for as long the, the length of time that that knee was there is going to is, is going to be the ultimate thing that probably locks him up and and i say that with trepidation because i i really don't have faith in our justice system that 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 this justice system is going to put away this cop because all it takes is one on all of those charges. All it takes is one person to agree with you and say, and say that, that it was the other things in his, in his system that, that caused him to die and to say that, and, and to have enough reasonable doubt or enough, enough reasonable doubt to be able to say, you know what, I don't have enough here to convict. Just one person it mm-hmm. has to be convinced of that. And so that, that's, that's why the, the deck is stacked against the prosecution, and rightly so. In, in general, I rightly believe that the deck should be stacked against the prosecution because, as, you know, founders once said, I think it was Franklin, was, I think it was Franklin that said it, um, better for a hundred guilty men to go free than one innocent man to be locked in prison. You know, I, I, it's why on this show I've said, you know, it is not our, you know, it's not your responsibility as an individual, you know, to, to give, you know, to, to help somebody with their, help the police with their case. Like, it, it, it's not, I'm not saying you have to hurt the police's case. So I don't obstruct justice by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not saying that. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, the police have their job to do. The prosecution has their job to do. And it, it, it's, it's their responsibility to do it and get it right. And help. Even, you know, even though this particular defense attorney, great, like I want to jab a Q-tip in my ear when I'm listening to him, because there's something about the manner in which he speaks that just makes me just want to jab a Q-tip till there's resist, till, till past the point of resistance, <laughs> because there's just something about the way he talks that just, yeah. uh, like it, it, it bothers me. <laughs> that being said, 
defense attorneys also play a very important role in our system because they their job to make sure that the prosecution and and the um, detectives and everybody else who's responsible in in gathering and presenting the evidence that all that evidence is gathered and presented in a way that's constitutional that doesn't violate the rights of the accused etc so it's very important to have right. that I'm, I'm they very have to create strong. Yeah, and they can create, and they can also, for their clients, also create reasonable doubts and be like, well, maybe consider this thing that might, maybe he did not, you know, as you said, intend to do it, although intention, as we said, is not necessarily the case. But to, to say there's some other reason other than criminal, a criminality reason that, that this could be done. And, and if you're reasonable in believing so, if you believe that those other possibilities are reasonable, then you can't convict. So that's the that's a the job of the prosecution is then to say these theories that are being proposed by the defense are unreasonable and here's why. And then that's the, that's the back and that's the dance that they do. Um, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, not, I don't like overzealous prosecutions. I don't like, you know, unscrupulous defense attorneys. Uh, my, my biggest problem with defense attorneys is usually more the ones that are quick to settle and, and, and are, 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 are would, give their clients a disservice that say, well, I know you're not guilty of the crime, but they're going to railroad you. So why don't you just accept this minor punishment instead of having to go through, you know, two year court trial, you know, I'm not a big fan of those type of defense attorneys. I think, you know, whether, you know, whether or not, you know, it's reasonable for me to have those feelings. That's that's another story, but. um, No, you know what I would say to your point about, um, the, the choices that the jury has been given as far as charges and therefore almost making sure ensuring that um, a, some form of conviction will come back. So that was smart, and I agree with you that when you offer more choices, it, it, it's uh, more of an airtight type thing for a person to pay for their crimes um, or, in, you know, indiscretions or whatever it may be. In this case, um, it was um, a death that was um, caused. And so I think that um, they may just come back with one of those. And, and I agree with you. Uh, more choices are better so you don't box in the jury, you know, to say yes or no as far as jail, no jail type thing. So to your point, yes, I totally agree with, with you. More choices and, and, are better. Look, I don't think that anybody should – and anybody on that jury should be making a decision of, you know, well, we have to come back with this or else there's going to be unrest, although I don't – I don't believe that there are going to be people. I think there are going to be a lot of people who are unhappy if they only come back with manslaughter as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know to the point of, of, of torching things as bringing a boy has been saying in the chat or whatever. Um, I, I, I just, I don't see how, how at least murder three doesn't fit. Like I, I can't, I can't imagine 12 reasonable jurors coming back and not saying murder three. But then again, on the other side of the coin, I, I don't trust, I don't, I don't, there's, to me, there is, cops get too much protection, I think, when it comes to, you know, there, there are things that police officers do that it's, it's a difficult job. You know, I, I, I do think, I have spoken with police officers who do say that, you know, the, the general theory of, of uh, defunding the police in that you want to reduce their, their responsibilities 
because defunding doesn't all, all, all doesn't mean eliminate all funding. It just means eliminating some while eliminating some responsibilities as well. Uh, I think there are police officers who would happily get on board uh, with with their responsibilities only being for what they're trained to do and not what they're not trained to do. Um, I, I think that there there are situations there are clearly situations where deadly force has been used by police officers that is justified. Um, but the, the thing that we really haven't focused on too much, which, which you, you brushed off a little bit um, earlier, which was that, um, you know, there's the fact that, you know, there's a big difference between like myself. If, if I was in that situation, I, I just passed a bad 20 um, and the police officer approached me. Um, I probably could be, you know, somewhat inebriated, intoxicated or whatever, and not wind up dead, <clears throat> even if I struggled, uh, because of the differences in how police officers treat people based on their race. And oh, <laughs> yeah. because there are there are all different types of races in the police force. But to bring up the the deadly well, force, let me let me let me let me let me let me, let me roll back and, and, and let me okay. deal with that comment first. Yes, there are different races in the police force, and there's just because there is like people question like when people say like the words like white supremacy, like that doesn't mean that like like if somebody is upholding a, a white supremacy type system, they don't have to be white. Like if somebody somebody can be like if a system is racist, has systemic racism involved in it, you, you can be a black cop and still support systemic racism. You can be you know, a, a you know, you, you could be you could be a uh, you could be somebody who is a like on another topic. You could be a woman who is in a position of power, but still endorse or support systemic sexism. You know, you could make decisions that still maintain a, a status quo that don't give women that doesn't give women equal opportunity. So the fact that you have black police officers doesn't doesn't disprove. Uh, the fact that there are systemic issues in play, for example, um, I've talked about these on the show before, like, for example, uh, if you are a, um, an unarmed black person, you are 3.5 times more likely uh, to be shot by a police officer than you are if you're an unarmed white guy. Now, Where do you get that statistic a, from? Oh, I had the link readily available. Um, it's from uh, that's the wrong article. Hold on. Is it an article or the CDC or government there agency is, that that um? There is, it's, it's a study. Let me let me pull up the study again. I think it's unarmed. So it's not actual statistics coming from the government. It's it, it's a I think it's a study of the of the statistics. I mean, let's see. Blah, 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 blah. I think if you, I think if you, if you look at the, I think if you look at the, at the crime statistics from the, from the, I think it's from the FBI, that if you do the math, it play, it plays out as well. Um, why didn't I not open the, the page? Open like a new tab. There we go. Let's see. A geographically resolved multi-level model is used to analyze data presented in the U.S. Police Shooting Database, USPSD, um, to investigate the extent of racial bias of shooting of American civilians and police officers. So that's the 
that it, it was a journal article that was done based off of the uh, data in the USPSD. Um, and I think if you go to um, shooting unarmed. If you go to the NCBI or the MIM or the NIH, uh, U.S. National Library of Medicine, National Institute of Health, it says that uh, white men are actually 52% higher to be shot or use deadly force. Because you're comparing, you're, comparing, you're comparing the raw numbers and not taking into consideration the um, the percentage of the population that those overall groups make up, right? Well, if there are, if you take the amount of uh, population of the black community and the white community, yeah, there's going to be a differential there. And if you right, look that, at it that, that way, that makes it even worse because as far as um, the, the um, amount of violence and, and um, things in that community, and, our, and since there is a smaller community, when you say, as you statistically go to prison or shot, it's going to seem, appear to be a large number because it's of that smaller community. Well, are you looking at, at all shootings or are you looking at shootings, are you looking at shootings of unarmed people? I'm looking at, uh, let's see, Several high-profile cases in the U.S. have drawn public attention to the use of lethal force by law enforcement, yet research on such fatalities is limited. And that's because, so we only have very little research, which you have, which I have, and that's because um, it was stopped as far as saying how many people of uh, this race and this race and this race. So that was stopped. But um, all fatalities resulting from use of lethal force on, by an on-duty LE from 2009 to 12. Um, 17 U.S. states were examined using National Violent Death Reporting System data case narratives were coded for additional incident circumstances. So that's what they're using as far as from 2009 to 2012 um, as an overall. Okay, uh, I, th I, I think, think I think this is potentially based off of more recent data. Let's see when this article, this article, the article that has a link to all these stuff uh, was from 2016. Um, I think there's there's a chart that comes that that I found somewhere. Like it's a meme that a lot of people used. Um, like it's not a meme, but it's a, it's an image that people took a screenshot of. Um, let's see, FBI police shooting unarmed. Let's see, armed. Do 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 do. Trying to see if this is the right one. Um, I don't know if this is a. Usually, it's for some reason it's easier to find sometimes on my phone because I think I might have it linked in there. Um, but the point is, is that taking your you said something about you know it's about fifty percent more white people than black people that are get shot. But if white people represent seven times more population than black people, then that means that a black person is 350% times more likely to be shot than the white person because the white per that, 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 that percentage of the population of white people that are getting shot is much less than the percentage of the population of black people that are getting shot. And if those people are unarmed, then, and, and, you know, if there's no weapon in hand, so you're shooting somebody who's unarmed. So you're not shooting somebody who's pointing a gun at you. You're shooting somebody that's unarmed. Look, if, if, if you're, 
somebody, I don't care if you're black or white or whatever. If, you, if you're pointing a gun at a police officer, you're going to die because they're going to shoot you, most likely. Then even then, like I've seen videos where, where you know, you have Tamir Rice. Tamir Rice playing in a, playing in a, in a little play area with a toy gun. Please roll up on him and shoot him dead without any warning whatsoever. They said they gave him warning, but the video evidence showed that, that was a lie. Um, you had another situation. I don't remember this man's name, but it was a white man in the middle of a park. He went back to his car, got his gun, was waving it around, and they gave him minutes before they shot him, and there wasn't even a lethal shot. They were able to come get him minutes later once he dropped his gun, and then they were able to pull him away. You know, so the, it's, the, the interactions between, like, I can sit here and okay. I always tell the story where I, I tell this, I tell the story where, you know, I was driving back from picking up furniture from, from one of my relatives house. And we, we, this, this traffic light had been, you know, blinking for months, like it had been blinking red for months. And we were coming down off the expressway and we saw, Oh, look, it's green. That's amazing. It's finally green. We go across the green light all of a sudden, woo, cop behind me. We pull over us. Excuse me, officer. Can I help you what seems to be the problem? And he goes, you ran a flashing right light back there on Shirley. And I'm like, we did not. I started yelling at the cop. Now, if I'm black, I can't yell at that cop. I have to have my hands on the 10 and the 2, already having my, 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 my wallet on the dashboard, having to behave perfectly. Because, because if, a black person, if a black person doesn't yeah. behave perfectly to the cops, they use, they use any imperfect actions on the part of that black person to justify any bad true. actions done by the cops. Meanwhile, white people generally are more Wait, capable of... All the time, Dan, on YouTube. I could I could send you five videos right now when we're showing people that have been pulled over, black community or black person, and they're they're not with a ten and two on the steering wheel. They're like, Man, what the fuck are you pulling me over for? I didn't do nothing And they're like, Can you please give me your license and run? what for, man? I didn't fucking do nothing. Give me well, a break. And, but, but, why, but, why, but why were they pulled over? Was was it pulled it over for matter. real reason? It does matter. It does matter because because the well, same. No, the no, same. no, because you said when they get pulled over, they have to act prim and proper with their hands on the steering wheel, not saying facing forward, acting all prim and proper, and that's not the truth. That's what I'm arguing against right now. Not whether or not what they were pulled over for, but the fact that you said that they had they can't act out of line at all, and the whites can, and it's like no, that's not true. That's not true. Generally, I, I think you, you might be able to find examples of people being belligerent for being pulled over while, do, while having nothing done to them. I think it, I'm not going to say that it's all the time it's going to happen. I'm just saying that when I speak to plenty of the black people that I know, they are terrified that, that, that any police interaction is going to be their last. Like if you, there's, there's a Wendell Pierce is, is, a, is an actor. Wendell Pierce is like an actor, is an actor from New Orleans, and he was telling a story on one talk show where uh, he was driving to a funeral. So both him and his nephews, I think, were in the car. They're all dressed up in suits. They're just driving along, making their way. Police officer pulls him over. Uh, so he does what he's supposed to do. He he has his hand. He he, he slowly grabs for his for his uh, wallet, puts it on the dashboard, puts his hands on the ten and two you know, trying to behave as, as good as possible. And then he's like, he's wondering what the hell is going on. And he looks back in his rear view mirror and what, what lo and behold, 
there's a police officer behind his door with his gun drawn telling him to get his ass out of the car. Um, why? For no good reason. The only reason I can think of is, well, why else? But because police officer sees the blackness as a potential threat. Now, you have other, other situations in this article. Uh, African-Americans are more than twice as likely as white drivers to be searched during vehicle stops, even after controlling for non-race-based variables, such as the reason the vehicle stop was initiated, but are found in possession of contraband 26% less often than white drivers. So even though white drivers are more likely to have something bad in their car, black people are twice as likely to find to be searched after having their vehicle stop after having their vehicle stop um in, in chicago uh black and hispanic drivers were searched approximately four times as often as white drivers uh yet data shows that contraband was found on white drivers twice as often as black and hispanic drivers um Where was that? In chicago Where was because, that? I mean, okay. in chicago and yeah I'm not going to police departments and all in liberal and conservative areas both have their problems because just because it's a liberal area doesn't make the police officers magically behave better. New York City. I'm not saying liberal areas. I'm just saying the community itself. You know, you have patches of across the United States where you know you have more um, ethnic races of white or black or whatever that populate an area than other areas. And so, if you have a highly populated black community and you have a high statistics of blacks being pulled over or shot, well, that's because most of the population there is black. Um, here's a question for you. Why is it that hey, we only on, see... On. I, I need to respond to Bringing a Boy real quick. Bringing a Boy, Dan, you okay. can't tell me you've never flashed a 50 with your license. I have never flashed any amount of dollars with my license. So <laughs> I, I will just flat out deny that right there. I have <laughs> never tried to bribe a cop, Bringing a Boy. That never happened. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, no. He also says in the chat, Shalvin and Rittenhouse will be considered heroes in my view. No, 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 no. Rittenhouse will, I mean, I'm sure there are good people who consider Rittenhouse a hero, um, but I don't believe, uh, uh, I mean, was that one of the That's videos funny. I told you to look at bringing a boy? Because Rittenhouse, yeah, he, he, there, there's a bunch there's a bunch of boxes in Wisconsin that you can check to satisfy uh, use of deadly force to protect yourself. And man, Rittenhouse checked none of them. <laughs> he checked none of them. Like there, there's like, if, if you want to talk about Rittenhouse a second, you had, you can only protect somebody's private property in Wisconsin. If you own the property, if you are legally responsible for the person who owns the property or if you are an employee of the person who owns the property, uh, that is none of those. Were I agree. True. Right. But the thing so, is, at the point that he fired his weapon, it was a self-defense issue at that point. It, the, the other things that you just discussed or just talked about um, didn't play a factor in his self-defense. But, I mean, you know, he was, it was, you also can't claim self-defense in Wisconsin if you're in the act of committing a crime. There are two potential crimes that he committed. First of which being in violation of the curfew. Second of which the illegal possession, the illegal possession of a firearm uh, by an underage person. By this person is not Rittenhouse is not legally entitled to have that gun, so he cannot. So he. So he so Had he, he not defended himself, the victim said he would have shot him and killed him. And did the victim? Which, which victim? The one? The, the one who got his arm blown the off? The one in the hospital. Right, the the one who was chasing him down, who saw him 
shooting to kill somebody else. It, it's legal to yeah. it, it, it's legal to protect. It's legal to protect the lives of other people. And so if 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 you are an he individual who's he chase him down, then he then he wasn't he wasn't doing he was yeah he was <laughs> he wasn't spraying bullets at that point that he was chasing him down he was chasing him down to hurt him. Or chasing him down to stop him from shooting anybody else. That 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 would be the argument that I that that I would make if I was that if I was the individual who took a shot at Rittenhouse um, and and you tried to claim and I, and I would be claiming self defense or the, the self defense provisions because the self defense provisions allow me to use deadly force against a person who I believe justify who I justify and reasonably believe is going to commit an act of harm to somebody else and Rittenhouse never gave up that gun but he already killed somebody. So if you killed somebody, he might kill somebody else. And he did. He did try and kill. He shot somebody else. He was running away. And he did. That other person got shot because he was chasing him. But uh, my question to you is, why, why is it only seen on television or reported and used? Because there are circumstances where there are white men or even women, for that matter, um, that have encounters with police officers just like the black community, but they never show those. There are dozens of them, but they, they never report those. And so as far as the names that you were naming off, can you name one white person that was shot unjust, unjustly, like Breonna Taylor? His name was Daniel something. I think his first name was... <sighs> and that you just made my point. Daniel Shaver. I think Daniel Shaver was with somebody. And you know you don't want to say who the first person the first person who, who first group of people that came to defense of Daniel Shaver? Derek was Derek McKesson and the rest of the and a bunch of people who were involved in Black Lives Matter. That they those people brought up his points. Brought up his name and, and, and were were happy to say his name because they showed yeah, I'll agree with you. I will agree with you that Daniel Shaver should have been discussed more as 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 a as a as a person who was also treated poorly on behalf of the police. But there there is there is there is there are two issues to be discussed. There is police using an unlawful amount of force or unethical amount of force or unreasonable amount of force in their regular doings, and then there's the added issue of the systemic racism that exists in the system that cause still the people who are black to be victims of it at a disproportionate rate as opposed to other people. So nobody I in think the, it's in the, more because otherwise it would be reported evenly. And then if it showed that there were more uh, blacks than whites, both being reported evenly, but again, more blacks than whites being um, at the victim of police brutality, then okay, then the people can make an informed decision about that and say, hey, this is wrong, there is systemic racism. But when all is being highlighted in the black community and not the white community, then it's hard to say that there is a definitive uh, bias um, against the black community because it's not being reported um, equally. Well, I mean, if it was reported, like when you say reported equally, do you, like are you saying that they're not reporting every single case of white people that are, that are shot by cops versus black people shot by like that you're not bringing up every single case, or are you are you yeah. saying that you're complaining that they're not showing one for one? Like here's one, no, here's one. Like, 
every single case. I mean, because if every single case is reported, like tonight, if they reported on the news, you know, as far as police brutality has taken place, you know, with like three different victims, and there was a, an incident with a with a white person, um, and it was only one incident. Okay, so there's three to one right there. Um, tomorrow, you know, there may be, you know, three white and, and one one black as far as victims of police brutality or, or deadly force, unnecessary deadly force, um, unarmed people, you know, that were shot and killed or even injured um, at the hand of a trigger happy police officer. Um, but they're not doing they don't do that. They don't do that. And I would say that that I, I will somewhat agree with you that the that the that when police officers do bad things to white people that they should give attention to to highlight the problems of policing go beyond just racial lines that they can that do do bad things to other people and and that that, that's a reasonable point to make i I would say that that the the other thing to consider is that if the systemic problem of the systemic racism in the system is, is not something that's relevant to that. There's, there's going to be intersection, clearly. There's going to be intersection of, of people who are generally bad cops because they're bad cops or people who are, general, who are bad cops because, they're, they're, um, because they're, they are having in, internal biases at the very best, at the very least, or flat-out racist at the most. Um, but I, I don't think that it's a reason to not take it seriously just because they might they underreport I, did, well, here's I do remember, thing. I do remember seeing some weird. media reports on Daniel Shaver, but and 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 it, and it does appear that as I quickly search that the person who did shoot Shaver um, was found guilty as well, uh, so of secondary murder at least. So um, I just think that police officers out there that have been on the job for way too long who have a power trip and it doesn't really matter who they're pulling over as far as what color they are. If they're on some type of power trip and they're just irritated by just life itself because they've been jaded for being on the force for too long. And I, I think that they should have term limits with those police officers because that does happen. They've just seen so much that they've just, instead of policing and being to serve the public, they view everybody as a criminal suspect. So they're just pissed off and they'll just take, you know, be a jerk to anybody that they come across, um, you know, and, and there are the, there are a lot of more of those than, than people think. And I'm not saying uh-huh. the ones that do look, you know, they, they do exist too, but I also think that it's just police brutality in general with the public and, and not a specific race, but the race is being pushed and reported only to show one side of the story. Anyway, well, I don't want to take any more of your time. I'm going to let you go. Well, here's the other thing I did want to point out is, uh, on that is that is that maybe like, one of the things that was shocking about about the trial so far is that we have seen in this specific case a tearing down of the thin blue line. Like, I think that like you have police officers who are who are coming on and specifically saying that what Chauvin did was wrong. It was the, that he did not follow his training. That there are people who are specifically saying. They're not, they're not helping to protect him. They're not saying mm-hmm. that he did the right thing. They are saying he did the wrong thing. And I think a lot of people yeah. will be like, whoa, really? Because when, when I saw that, and I saw a lot of people posting online, I was like, I can't believe that, these, that, this, that this person, that the head of the department is, is, is not protecting Chauvin, that he's, that he's specifically you know, going after him and, and, and speaking ill of him. 
Um, That's I good think because he had a history with, uh, with the police department of being a bad cop. That's why he was transferred to that district. So, yeah, I'm glad. Right, so, I'm glad to hear that. But, but the thing is, is that if that happened more often, if that thin blue line um, was was broken down more often, if, if police, a lot of the times were, I mean, I don't, I don't say the word. I understand the arguments or the, or the feelings as to why people use the a cab, the all cops are bastard thing. I understand that people that that's something that's coming from frustration. I don't personally say it. Um, I think a lot of cops are. Um, not to say that all cops are. I know plenty of people who are good police officers who who would reject what these the things that happen. Um, unfortunately, the, beyond the cops that are the ones committing the bad acts, there are also the cops that are they're helping to protect the ones that do the bad acts as well and so if if we saw more of this happening and i was i I think i was listening to one of the talk news shows or whatever and i think it was chuck todd's one and chuck todd was like um you know is this a sign of 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 the thin blue blue line crumbling down and the guest was like no I think this particular one is like a unicorn. You found the magical one. We don't believe that this is that the that the system of of pr- police protecting bad police is going to now crumble now that we've seen this one domino fall. We'd have to see a lot more dominoes to show that they are on the line, just waiting for this to happen. Um, I think that is something that you know ultimately I think would have to happen to to, to get people to to believe that these systems that are in place are going to fall down and as such make people think that, you know, that they're not going to, you know, just rally the troops. But like, even in the case of um, Laquan McDonald, Laquan McDonald was uh, shot outside of a Burger King, um, which I found ironic since his last name was McDonald. Um, But the first thing that the police officers, it's true. It's ironic. It's true. And I hate to laugh about it, but I laugh about horrible things all the time. So, I'm a very, I, hear, yeah, I, gall- I, I appreciate gallows, I appreciate gallows humor. And sometimes it pisses some of my friends off, but I'm like, you know, I was raised Jewish. That's kind of how we are. Um, but it's cultural for us. Um, but the thing <laughs> is that one of the first things that happened when the police officers rolled up on that scene was they went to go try and, and, and get all of the video surveillance tapes from all the businesses around them. Why? Not to collect evidence, but to, but to protect their officer, to keep him from being shown as being the bad perpetrator. Now, this actual police officer was ultimately, I believe, convicted because the amount of lead he shot into Laquan McDonald was ridiculous. But, like, that's part of the system that needs to be dismantled is that thin blue line, that whole, you know, you need to, yeah, I mean, obviously you need to have trust amongst your fellow officers, but you also need to weed out the trash. You have to, you know, one bad apple ruins the bunch. So you have to eliminate the bad apple before it ruins right. the bunch. Right, so brotherhood should be about upholding the law and serving right. the people, not a brotherhood of criminality. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and, and when you, and when you're, a black person in America, and, and I know, you, you know, when I said that, you know, y'all were just like, oh, but when you're a black person in America, you, you will have different interactions with, you know, you, I mean, I have a friend, my friend that I talk about, uh, the host of the most Nimbus Yosh with the Percy podcast. We met via a game that we play on our phones. Um, that's how we met. We're both nerds. And mm-hmm. 
there's Gretna. There's, there's actually, you can find a documentary about Gretna, Louisiana, that shows how racist the Gretna Police Department are. Um, mm-hmm. But he was playing, the, that game had places you can go to in the game and, and drive to and do whatever it is you needed to do to, to, to play that game. And he got pulled over three times playing that game, um, mm-hmm. including once that he said that the police officer was coming towards him in his vehicle like headlight to headlight. And the reason that he got pulled over, the, the lights flashed. He makes a turn onto the side street. The police officer turns right behind him. The reason he pulled him over was for a rear tail light that was out that could not be seen on the initial pullover. But why would he pull over? Because he was black. So if you have black people who are almost used to harassment based off of their race. I was getting to the point of earlier, I think the New York situation back when New York had stop and frisk. Again, New York, you know, Yes, you have crime in New York. Yes, you have high black population, high Latino population in New York. It doesn't excuse stop and frisk. And that's one of the things well, that I've... You know, a black person being pulled over are much higher than a white person if, if, the, <laughs> if the community is mostly black or, or Mexican. I mean, come on. But if you're... To figure that out, you know, and, and, and as far as your buddy but, goes, but Gretna's not. Bus, but Gretna's, the, the area of driving. the area of Gretna that he was driving in, that my friend, for example, was not mostly black. It's mostly white, and that's why they they see a black person driving in the neighborhood. They're like, uh oh, we need to pull him over and harass this person to see what he's doing. Um, was he but, on his phone? I think his phone was on his his phone, was, but he didn't get, get pulled over for anything related to his phone. Yeah, the game is played on your phone, but he was. You know, he was playing, so he should have been pulled over for that because you're not supposed to be on your phone. But um, there are also officers in cities also that have to make a quota for the city as far as how many arrests or tickets that they hand out. You know, and so, you know, there's a lot of different things that could be in play. And, And I still go with the whole reporting of, you know, equal, you know, victims under police brutality. It just, it appears, the appearance of one race or culture, whatever being picked on, um, is evident because that's all that they show. And so, you know, there are counters with white people that, you know, they get pulled over too if they're in an area that they don't belong in and they're just walking along. But, you know, if they're in a, 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 an expensive housing area and they look like they don't belong there, they're going to be pulled over by a police officer, white or black, just because the people around there get nervous. Look, I, I don't think that I even I, even if even if I believe that that that, that, that the media is, is is grossly showing a disproportionate number of, of black people being killed by police versus white people unjustly killed by police. I, I, I don't I, even even if you corrected for the amount of unjust shootings done of white people versus I think you would still see plenty of like more unjust especially disproportionate unjust shootings of black people by white people which is probably why that they're showing it more is because yeah, of, the, of the of the of the disproportionate levels of it but anyway i know you you had said you wanted to go i think a half an hour ago maybe so, <laughs> so thanks dan it was a good discussion i appreciate that and i appreciate I you appreciate and your Thank you very much. And I'm glad that you called in again. I'm glad to hear you again. Um, so thank you very much. And you have a good rest of your week. Thank you. You too. And, and um, you know, um, take care of the wife there. I know you, you're concerned about her and you should be. And, and um, 
don't take anything that you know I may say in the chat room or anything like that. She's your precious, and and um, and she deserves to be taken care of. I so, appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you so much. Have a good one. Bye. Bye bye. All right. So uh, bringing up the rest of the stuff, um, I have to correct you. Bringing a boy. That's the old country way. So that's a Sandra. It's not Sandra. It's Shonda. <laughs> when you say oy vey, so it's such a Shonda, not Sandra. <laughs> uh, let's see. What anything else I have to deal with that I want to deal with? Um, the whole shooting in the Wendy's. I mean, you could have pulled. You could have just pulled him over and said, you know, or gotten him out of the drive-through, and then like maybe taking the car and moving it to the side and, and not had to deal with that sort of situation. There was no reason for somebody to get shot in the back by the police. Um, let's see, after hearing Chuck Todd, how many times did you smack your head on the ground? Um, not a lot, not at all. <laughs> I was driving when I was, when I was listening to him, so I was, I, smacking my head on the ground probably wouldn't have been good for my driving. But anyway, I didn't want to do a three-hour show. I did do a two-hour show, apparently. So I am going to call it in for this week's episode of Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. I need to find my clip here. There we go. Um, again, I will be back next week, uh, 8 p.m. Central, blogtalkradio.com slash Liberal Dan. Uh, again, you can follow me on uh, YouTube, Liberal Dan Radio on YouTube, on Twitter, uh, TikTok, Facebook.com slash Liberal Dan, LiberalDan.com. And, of course, you can always support the Patreon if you want to help the show grow. Until next week, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. <laughs>